Welcome to Wildly Wealthy Life, the show that's all about exploring the different paths to a life of freedom and fulfillment, and how that ripples through your personal life, family life, and to the community. Join husband and wife power couple, Lee and Kat Hughes, as they share people's stories from different backgrounds and lifestyles about what it means to live a life well-lived. Tune in and take that first step to becoming the best version of yourself, personally and professionally, here on Wildly Wealthy Life. When you pour your heart and soul into something and you do it the right way and the way you treat other people, usually that's going to give you connections and open a lot of other doors. Whatever you bring to the table, if your passion is behind that, you can reach heights that maybe nobody would ever expect and you might shock yourself. But if you go for it, that's the one thing I will say that I did do is I went for it. And then I looked at what happened because of it. Wealth is is literally, you know, being full in every aspect, financially, family, friends, church, serving, and really having that balance with it all. And so giving of ourselves and making it not about us, because that's, you know, that is a lot of times when we just focus. So when we give to others, serve, help, call somebody up and encourage them, it literally like reinvigorates us. All right, and welcome again to Wildly Wealthy Life Podcast. My name is Lee. I am your host for the day, and to my left is my beautiful and lovely, amazing wife, Kat. Kat, who do we have on today? Today, I am so excited. We are having Leah O'Brien Amico. She is a two-time world champion, a two-time Pan American Games champion, three-time NCAA champion, Three-time Olympic gold medalist champion, was named NCAA Woman of the Year. She's currently a speaker and a motivational coach. She's an author, a mother, a wife, and also an ESPN analyst for college softball. Just so excited. Leah, how are you today? I am doing great. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be with you all. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being with us. Leah, can you just kind of tell us a little bit, uh, kind of a big overview of your journey to where you're at right now? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I grew up playing both softball and soccer, fell in love with both sports. I was just competitive. I was kind of a tomboy. I just loved the the action and, you know, the hard work. And so I, when I was like 14 years old, my team won a big tournament. I remember thinking then, okay, I want to be a collegiate athlete someday. I want to get a college scholarship. That was like everything. And I thought, okay, that's the means to the end, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and so I just thought, okay, that was my goal. I get to college. I end up playing. I'm thinking, okay, this is amazing. I'm getting my education paid for. I'm playing softball that I love. And they had said at the end of my freshman year, they said in three years, softball is going to be in the Olympics for the first time ever. Well, here I was 18 years old. And that was my goal. I'm very big on like, when you want a goal and you want to go after it, like, believe in it 100%. And so that began my journey. I obviously continued playing on the Arizona softball team. We won a couple national championships. I had some really good big um, tournaments at the Women's College World Series. Got a chance to play on that first ever Olympic softball team. There were about 70 women, all different ages, on at that tryout. And I was one of 15 named to that, that team as a 21-year-old. So I went on to compete in two more Olympics, got married in between the 96 and the 2000 Olympics, had a little boy in 2001, and then played when he was three years old on my last Olympic team. So I just love telling women, especially, you can do it all. Like I was able to have my son be a mom. I was the first mom on Team USA. The cool part about that is once you see it done sometimes and you show the way others can follow, three other women on the next Olympic team for softball ended up being moms and competing in awesome. the Olympics. And so, um, and so then that just jumped me. I would, you know, I ended up having a couple more little boys 
I did a little bit of high school coaching. I did softball clinics around the country. I still, to this day, I do that. I do a little bit of commentating with ESPN. They had contacted me. Uh, I speak all over the country and just many different avenues. And so really just a lot of different um, opportunities have come up from that foundation, you know, ultimately, obviously being an Olympian, but more than that, just knowing that when you pour your heart and soul into something and you do it the right way and the way you treat other people, you know, usually that's going to give you connections and open a lot of other doors. That's awesome. Wow. I love like the kickoff from the, was it a state championship in high school? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 14 years old is a freshman in high school. And I'm telling you that literally set my path. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, what was it about that championship that really like resonated in your heart that just made everything like possible? And clear. <laughs> I think for me, like I had played in these tournaments locally in Southern California. I was on a really good team. I was a pitcher, so I had a big role in that. But I think for us going to a national tournament and we were, and to me, it was my eyes were kind of open. Like this is bigger than just my little area. And so we were playing, you know, athletes from New York and Texas. And I loved how they had their accents or their big old bows and, you know, from Texas saying y'all. And I just, <laughs> for me, it was almost like, okay, this is bigger. This is bigger than just my little area. And that, I believe, just kind of having that bigger mindset, that growth mindset of like, wow, there might be more out there. That was literally, I think, the difference maker to say, okay, now I have a bigger goal because I've experienced this. Right. Now, when you said that, um, you know, like that's you poured your heart into it, you were just focused and all those things. Was that kind of like, I'm just wondering, you know, when people are like that, was that more like innately just in you or what were your, what was your upbringing like that kind of allowed you to be that kind of, you know, child or like young high school? Cause not all of us are, you know, always that focused, right? So what was your upbringing like? And like just the values that maybe your parents have instilled in you to be able to kind of have that mindset. Yeah, I feel like it's a combination. I feel like we all obviously have our own unique personalities. And for some, you know, more self-driven, I feel like I'm very, you know, very self-motivated. It's funny. I have three boys. They're 13, 14, and 18. And my 14-year-old is the one that I, I just see is most like me in that, in that internal drive, you know? And so I feel like some people just have that a little bit more. But I, but I played with athletes on the Olympic level who had a little bit of all of it, you know? So I love that it's, you know, opportunities are there for everybody on how hard you want to work. Um, my parents, I feel like what, what I am so thankful for and what I want to bring to other people that I share with and talk to is that they saw a talent and a gift that I had and a drive, a passion for it to work hard. So at a young age, when I was eight years old, they started getting me into personal lessons, mentoring, you know, how important that is. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, I was the one because I loved it, but they gave me that opportunity. Then I just took to that. So I'll never forget standing on the gold medal podium when I, my first Olympics and I'm 21 years old and I get this medal placed around my neck and I immediately turn to where my mom and dad and sister and brother and my baby nephew, who was one years old, were sitting with tears in my eyes and waving and thinking if it wasn't for what they poured into me as a young girl. And that kind of just set the standard. I loved the hard work. I loved having these mentors who helped me grow to see, oh my goodness, this leads to more success. And I just fed off of that. Like I saw the results of it and that is what kept feeding me and kept feeding me. Now through, wow. yeah, through your training and all the different teams that you've been on, you've experienced different types of coaching, I'm sure. What have been some of the, the better like coaching techniques that you've seen and how can some apply that to their own lives? 
Yes. I feel like great leaders, I've had multiple that have been successful, but I feel like you can be successful and do it the right way and a better way is what I personally feel like. And I feel like one thing, you know, my, my coach and he ended up being my college coach as well as coached me in one Olympic games. And he is like a father figure. I will tell you, no matter how I did, his expectations were through the roof and his demands and preparation, but that guy loved us. He cared about us. Mm -hmm. And I believe when people know that you care about them and you believe their expectation of themselves will naturally rise. That was huge. Mm -hmm. He also individualized things. He was not a one way, you know, take it or leave it kind of mentality. He was like, okay, you have these strengths. I'm going to speak into those strengths. You know what? We'll figure out those other weaknesses. And then he'd go to the other player. Okay, well, these are your strengths. So he recognized and he saw and he focused on those types of things. I believe we can all do that as, as leaders and find those people around us. And the better they get, the better we all get. And so that's, that was another huge character I feel like that, that he brought to the table. Yeah, I love that. I think what I'm hearing is that when you have really, really high expectations, sometimes it could get so so hard, right? We could get so hard mm-hmm. on ourselves. But when you know that that person who's got high expectations, when you know that they're coming from a place of love, it becomes a different story. It becomes a more of a partnership and realizing that, you know what, this person really like actually cares for me. And I know that even though the expectations are super high and it may be so difficult to sometimes meet those expectations, I know that they love me and they have my best interests. So I'm going to work hard. So I love that because that's kind of like what you're saying, you know, as a leader, I think it's really important to be firm, but also be firm with, you know, love. So that's really awesome. I kind of want to just kind of touch on how was your just journey through this uh, as, you know, we are, our, our show is about not just about wealth and the financial standpoint. We obviously know that wealth encompasses a lot of different areas in our life, but when it comes to just the financial sense, how's your journey with money and, you know, knowing that you're focused, you're driven and all these things, how does that relate to your uh, journey with money? Yes. Well, definitely. I, um, you know, for me, once I, I finished competing and I was 29 years old and I ended up having, um, two more little boys, like I said. And so for that, like really probably the last, you know, my youngest is 13, probably 13 years. My main focus was to raise my boys. Like I was like, okay, I want to live a life that's going to give me that priority for all this other time. My priority was competing for team USA being an Olympian and, you know, do that. Mm -hmm. So the neatest thing about that is like, okay, I'm willing to decide what I want to sacrifice and how much time I'm willing to sacrifice. And so for me, I was willing to take on certain things as long as it for for me personally fit into what my main priority was. I've been a homeschool mom for 13 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, now I'm just only have my last one at home, but literally through the years I've, I've homeschooled for 13 years. And so it's allowed me flexibility to go out and speak on weekends, to do some certain clinics. I take teams of soft players. So with that being said, the income that I have, my husband, he um, is, it works for Under Armour. He's worked with them for a lot of years. Um, you know, that's our foundational things. And then I'm able to go out and make as much as I desire with how much I've, you know, wanted to push. And so wealth wise, you know, um, we have, we have been beyond blessed. We've been able to say, you know what, um, we're not out there necessarily seeking the money, but when we're doing what we love and having these opportunities, the money takes care of itself. And, and like I said, if, if I really was like, you know what, I want to go have some, you know, different life then I probably would have tried to find, and I've had people come after, you know, come to me and offer me some different roles and positions, but it's not lined up with kind of what my priority was. So wealth wise, we've had everything we've wanted. We've, you know, been able to 
to just be wise with our money as well and do everything we've, we've desired to do. Wow. With that said, what would be your definition of wealth? Yeah. So for me, I feel like it's having, um, the most important things in your life, like, you know, and keeping that because I could have a whole bunch of money and be a horrible mom. <laughs> and I could literally just yeah. leave my kids and go after all my own dreams and not care about theirs. So for me, the wealth, I believe personally, true wealth means that everybody involved feels the riches of life. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's awesome. literally my kids. I'm able to see them you know, I have one that has dreams of being an NFL player right now, my 14 year old. And so we're trying to pour into him and say, go after that, just like my parents did when I was 14, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so to me, wealth is, is literally, you know, being full in every aspect, financially, family, friends, church, you know, serving and really having that balance with it all. That's amazing. I love that because I, I think that what you're really saying is, you know what your values are, you know what, what are really important to you, and you are also very aware that it's not just about you. It's about the, just, I love the definition of like that everyone gets to experience that richness and it's just yeah. not, not you, you know, wanting to kind of like have your own way and, and, you know, being fulfilled in your own self, but actually sharing that fulfillment with your entire family. When it comes to kind of just like with your family like you being a, you know, homeschool mom for the last 13 years. That's amazing. So you're not, you're not new to this thing that's happening right now. (laughs) No, but it's funny because literally I've like almost done the opposite. I've like checked out like, Oh no, wait, 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 now I'm rebelling because I'm not choosing it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. So, so with that, how did you guys, um, you know, kind of like, uh, as you said, you know, you're able to kind of earn as much or as little as you want whenever you want because your priority was to be a homeschool mom and then your your husband was the one who supported. How did you guys tackle financial like budgeting and like how did you to, you know, work that out with your communication, with just what you prioritize and all those things? Yeah. And so there's been different stages. I think back to when I was having my little ones and so I couldn't travel as much and, you know, we would do different things depending on the kind of where we were at. So there was a period of time where I would just do personal individualized lessons. And so we're like, okay, so if we want to make this much money, we need to do this, this many days of, you know, for me personally, kind of with my income, we knew my husband's kind of salary. And so we would go from there. And so for us, I'm very fortunate. Like we just handle money in a positive way. I know it can be destructive for a lot of people and really cause a lot of issues in marriages and in homes. And, you know, we learned early on, we made some not wise decisions in some car situations. And, you know, we lease a car. Next thing you know, we're owing money at the end and we don't even have a car to, you know, to, yeah. to our name. And so we learned some different situations like pretty early from going through the hard things, you know, of like, okay, we want to be wiser in that sense. And, and so my husband and I um, really have just been able to, to be on a good page communication wise. And we've kind of, you know, the money that I'm able to go out and make in a sense becomes our extra money. And so we've allowed like, okay, so depending on what's happening with that, that'll afford us these other opportunities to maybe go on some of these trips, maybe go, you know, uh, do some different camps with the boys now with, you know, them getting into their own, you know, different talents that they have. Um, and so we, we, we have, we've talked about it. There've been times where we've had to be on a little more of a strict budget and kind of itemize things. And then there's been other times where it's more, we're just going to be aware and, you know, and we have a little bit of the extra and then a big part of it always as well has always been for us to faithfully give, you know, for us tithing to the church, different ministries, as well as, you know, I went to Cuba recently, just helping some people there, finding different needs and really pouring out. And I feel like 
when you start to do that, you start to really understand the power of money and how much of a difference it can make even in the lives of others. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So basically, like you're saying, you guys were very flexible with your budgeting, right? Because mm-hmm. some sometimes it's like, oh, we have a little bit more extra. We don't need to be as tight. We can just be a little bit more aware. Yes. And sometimes when we're when we really need to be tight, let's really look into it a lot more in depth. So that's awesome. Just the flexibility and and also just uh, just to point out that you basically had the stable income, right? That you knew that you could kind of count on, and then whatever comes in. And you figured out what to do with it. So that's awesome. Just the whole flexibility with that. When it comes to giving, we'd love to explore that as well. As you said, you know, you, you guys um, tithe and give to your, to your ch- local church and all that. What other areas in your life do you love kind of pouring into and giving into other than just the financial giving um, into the church? Yeah. So for about 10 years or so, I have gone out to a local park um, about 30 minutes from my house and we have fed homeless. And I've been taking my boys since they were two years old to this park. Um, A lot of people thought we were crazy, (laughs) but I promise you, you go out there and you see life from a different perspective and it opens your eyes. And we've become friends with some of these people who live on the street. The respect level there, I mean, between us, has been amazing. And so I just know that it would be something that it wasn't just the food we were bringing to give them that they would look forward to. It was also the fellowship and the, the you know, conversations. So we do that. Um, I mentor um, girls who are softball players that are younger. I spend time, you know, trying to pour out to, I take teens overseas, like I said, in the summer of these high school girls, and I only get about eight days, but some of these girls have become like family. And so I really try to pour into them. Um, I mentor through my church, women of all different ages have gone through different stages of life and very, you know, some losing a husband to cancer and, you know, different circumstances, homeschooling moms who just, you know, feel like, how am I even going to do this? And so being able to um, pour into them and just share life lessons that I've learned. So those are, those are the main areas that I'm able to spend kind of that extra time. But I I do try to, you know, in different seasons, try to say, okay, I want to use my time wisely. I always want to be giving back, but I think you can also spread yourself too thin. Yeah. Yeah. How do you balance that? Because I mean, just homeschooling alone can eat up an entire day, like with, (laughs) and then you have three, three boys. So I can imagine just do, 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 like think like all sorts of fun going on all, all the time. Um, what, what are some intentional things that you do? Because if, if you're constantly giving out, you need to have a moment where you get poured into, you know, yes. How, what do you, what do you do that's intentional to make sure that you're getting fulfilled also? Yes. So for me, I would say, you know, my time because faith is everything to me. And so my, the Bible time in the Bible, making sure I'm doing that. I notice that when I get so busy and I push that to the side, that's a big thing that I start to feel just so empty and, and I need to kind of pour back in. That's important. Um, dates with my husband, we can get so busy that we can literally just push that to the side. And I also find that, Oh gosh, in our home, I mean, this is everything. This is a foundation. And yet that can easily, because they're there, they're just there in the house. Right. And so that is huge. And so I, I would kind of feel when I started traveling a lot and would get kind of have a really, really busy month, like, okay, I could literally start to feel like just that pressure coming on me. And so I would need to take a step back and be like, no, we're setting a date. We have to put it in the, in the calendar. You know, it's easy when things are a little bit slower, right? But it, right. I had to be intentional, intentional with that time with my girlfriends. I will tell you, I mean, that is huge for me. Like I, and I, and I make to get that, you know, make sure to get that like once or twice a week if I can. And that fills me back up because again, it's like, they're my encouragers, that support system. I think we all have to have that, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I have a mentor who, again, when things kind of get really crazy, she's the first one I call and it's like, okay, like she's wisdom and she's reminding me and she's Mm -hmm. just a voice that I trust. 
And so I feel like those are kind of my intentional things to knowing where to turn and the people I need to turn to my faith. And then, like I said, my husband and, and even with my kids, cause he'll, he'll give it to me straight. Like, yeah, we're out of balance right now. <laughs> and I usually can feel it first anyways, but we're kind of on that same page. Let's, let's regroup and get back to our foundation. Yeah. And that brings up one thing I wanted to ask about earlier, but when you guys have an obstacle in your, your marriage and in your life for our listeners, a lot of times, like, you know, you can think of, uh, trying to move a boulder you know, uphill, but you're both on opposite sides of that boulder and you're just pushing it back and forth. And there's that, that frustration that, that really builds. How do you and your husband work on getting on the same side of that boulder to really like move it uphill? Yes. I mean, there's been times for sure (laughs) we're pushing opposite ways. I think for us, it's usually, it's, it's that having that, that communication. And sometimes it doesn't always end well after that first discussion, but usually after a day or day or two, when we both have been able to kind of take in what the other was saying, usually, okay, all right. We both heard it in the very, you know, heat of the moment at first. And sometimes I find myself like not necessarily wanting to have that discussion because I know that it could get hard for a moment, you know, but every single time without fail, thankfully it, it usually, again, that's kind of, it needed to happen. And then now all of a sudden we're back on the same page again. And so for us, it, it is having kind of that, that big talk. Now we don't have that all the time. Right. But, no. but it's, you know, but it's those, it's those moments that I can literally in my head, I don't think of my everyday conversations with him, but I can usually remember those, those big moments and conversations. Yeah. Looking back to just when you were saying earlier, how you take your boys out to uh, go, you know, bring some food to the homeless and just seeing that, you know, that's really important to kind of open their eyes as well. What has been kind of the impactful things that you've seen in the lives of your children as they're growing up? How has that impacted them? And like, how do they kind of take it? And how are they, you know, just applying that to their lives as well? Yeah, some some days I wonder, does it even make a difference? <laughs> you know, you really do. But that's because I'm with them. And a lot of times our kids for us, we're mom, we're that safe place to act however they want to act, right? Mm-hmm. But I think I see it more when they're with other people. I see it when I, I see them around others willing to step up and help. I see it to where they're not afraid to go up and talk to somebody that's a stranger like that. And they, because they've kind of been exposed, especially in terms of home, with homeless, that's not something that's taboo to them or they look down on the people that they see on the corner. Instead, there's an empathy. I and just remember them being younger and some of the prayers at night, they would pray for the people that we were serving, you know, because again, from their little eyes and their young perspective, they're seeing this. Um, and so I, I feel like they do have hearts to give. I've taken them many times to uh, orphanages in Mexico and just literally that seeing them jump in and play with the kids there, you could tell that they just, it, it helped them to have that mentality. Wow. We are blessed with so much here. Like like, okay, it gives me that other perspective. I want to help those in need. And so they, they would just say, you know, mom, we can't wait to go back to that orphanage and, and go play, you know, kind of made little friends there. And so, so I feel like for them, just seeing, seeing others is what I think is important because think about it. We all are, are looking at ourselves and kids are growing up with the selfie, you know, world. Yeah. And, and so it is hard not to internalize and just look at yourself, but I feel like I've exposed them to that. They're still going to have their teenage years, right? Where that's just mm-hmm. the norm, normal, but I feel like it definitely has impacted them. 
Yeah, in this world that we're going up in right now, especially with the younger generation, it really is a lot of it is so about ourselves, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I love that you're exposing your your children to what's out there because when we actually do that, and we when we get our eyes off of ourselves and we start looking at the other people and the needs of other people, the funny thing is like the more we give, the more it actually we become more joyful. Like it's not even do. what we get in return, mm-hmm. but we actually yeah. become a lot more joyful by just being mindful about other people's needs and and we find that a lot too just in our lives you know so thank you for sharing that because I just think that's a key thing for our listeners to 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 grab a hold on that wealth you know like wealth will come but it can come in a very tiring and taxing and and just crazy way you know or it can come just a lot more organically you know and sometimes it can come just by actually like being mindful about other people. So thanks for sharing that. If you were to give our listeners um, three tips on living a wildly wealthy life, actionable tips, what would that be? So I would say um, three G's. Okay. So I would say first is, you know, set, what are your goals? What do you, you know, what are the goals that you want to go after? You have to, you gotta, you gotta see it, right? You gotta, you gotta know if you're just kind of, Oh, I hope, well, guess what? That's not getting you anywhere. <laughs> so you have goals. Number two is a game plan. So you set your goals and write them down. Just mm-hmm. write them down. See if you believe them. I tell everybody the ABC check, attitude, belief, and commitment. Like when you get a goal and you have that ABC, like how is my attitude? I got to be positive. Do I believe it? If you don't believe it, forget it. Who cares what goal you set, right? Even if everybody mm-hmm. believes you can, you have to lead yourself. And then see the commitment, right? Because if you're not committed, so that's the other thing. I want to lose weight, but guess what? I don't want, I don't want to change one thing (laughs) and commitment usually involves sacrifice. So then, then G other G is is a game plan. And that's where that whole preparation and for me winning gold medals. And, you know, even to this day, you know, it's, it's all about that game plan. How am I going to get there? I set that goal. Now, how do I get there? And so who is going to be in my, my support system? Who's going to be those leaders and mentors? Who am I going to look to, to learn from, right? We all got to do that. And then who's going to be beside me you know, or behind me, pushing me, encouraging me. And, and then the last thing is to give. I really believe like you just said, Kat, like when we give, like there is a joy in that. I can think of days that I was like, Oh, I'm so exhausted. We're going to go on, you know, serve the homeless. And I literally was the very thing I needed. I walked away just pumped up after a day of just being exhausted, but I walked away like, Oh my goodness. Like I want to go now, you know, I can change the world. And so giving of ourselves and making it not about us. Cause that's, you know, that is a lot of times when we just focus. So when we give to others, serve, help, you know, call somebody up and encourage them, it literally like reinvigorates us. Yeah, I love that. So the three G's and ABC. Yeah, Boom. three G's. <laughs> so straight, direct to the point. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's that last point, that G, the giving is so important. And like, I think of how many times, like when you when you're in a moment, you're out in the world, just kind of walking around and whatnot, grocery store, whatever. You could be in like this irritated or just like rushed or oh my god. But as soon as you like step into that attitude of serving and start giving your time, your energy, your strength, whatever it is, all that stuff just falls right off, you know? And it's the most amazing thing. And I love, I love that when I like, I get, so we have moments, you know, discussion time. Uh, and, uh, and I'll, I'll like go take a walk, but then the same thing, like I'll find somebody and I'll be like, what do you need? Or like be able to share, get somebody a, co- a cup of coffee or something like that. And then it's just like, whew. All right. We good. Like, we go. 
But yeah, that, the, the giving, that's such a good, yeah, such I like a, the three G's uh, and ABC's. That's yeah. awesome. Before we move on to our quick 10, I just want to touch quickly. What was your biggest challenge? Like if you could pinpoint one huge challenge in your journey to, you know, going to Olympics and all that stuff, what was your biggest challenge? And then when you got there, what was your biggest takeaway? You know, like when you were standing there and you you said that earlier that you looked over, you know, to your side and you saw your parents and you're like, mom, you know, parents, if it wasn't for you guys, like I wouldn't. Yeah. Be but another takeaway, I guess, like is what I would kind of get into. Okay. Yeah. So I'd say my biggest challenge, um, you know, even though, again, I think I had a strong mental game, I would say it would be worrying about what other people thought, thought about me or, mm-hmm. you know, my dad was pretty hard and he was pretty negative at times. And I, rem- and I, and I could wear that very easily. <laughs> it was very hard to wear the compliments. You know, it was very hard to receive the compliments. In fact, I would a lot of times, and I didn't realize this until I was a little bit older, but I would tend to very much push those off and be like, no, I'm not worthy of that compliment. And so I feel like that was a a big lesson for me of just like, no, receive it. It's okay to realize, you know, we all have things to work on, but you can decide to sit there and beat yourself up and no one on the outside world might even know it. I can wear a smile all the time and I generally am pretty happy, but I've also, you know, had some mindset stuff that it's like, this battle was raging on the inside, you know? And so that's where I would say it was probably the hardest. And when I could fight that and get to that positive mentality and stay there and not allow the negative or, you know, insecurities to kind of beat me up, then I felt like, okay, I could go forward and have, you know, that's where I was able to experience more success. And so I feel like, again, I, I kind of came out on the winning side, but I feel like that's a huge area that a lot of people struggle with. And then, um, you know, just the takeaway is that we can do so much more than we ever expected. And I am a big, I love sharing my story because I, I obviously had talent, but I feel like I had more passion than I ever had talent. I was, I was a good player, but it was, it was the work ethic. It was the passion. It was the coachability. It was, it was all those intangibles that I feel like are there for everybody because not everybody can have the physical strength. If you're the best in the world, strength wise, well, then a lot of people, no matter how hard they try, they'll never reach that. Right. You know, or, or, you know, I played with girls that are faster. I could never be as fast as them. I could never be as strong and hit a home run like they could. But but I have three Olympic gold medals and there's only four women in the world in softball who have three Olympic gold medals. And I'm one of them, but, but I, I just did the other things well. Mm -hmm. And then I was that team player. I played multiple roles. So that takeaway is what, whatever you bring to the table, if your passion is behind that, you can reach heights that, you know, maybe nobody would ever expect. And you might shock yourself but if you go for it, that, that's the one thing I will say that I did do is I went for it. And then I looked at what happened because of it. That's awesome. amazing. Can you show us your gold medal? Yes, I can. <laughs> I have these right here. So Whoa, I went to Atlanta in 1996, Atlanta, Georgia, in 2000, Sydney, Australia, and in 2004, where it all began, Athens, Greece. Wow. You're like goosebumps. Yeah, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh Go my gosh, it's so amazing. I just really love like just what you share with your challenge because it's really like that sometimes where it's authenticity, right? Like we could wear a smile outside, but if the stuff that are going on in our brain is not in line with like what we're putting out on the outside, it's yeah. it's kind of like really pretending that we're happy when we're really not because, <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like there's so much going on in our brain and it's that's huge. That is so huge what you just shared about 
not being able to receive the compliments. And I think a lot of us struggle with that. You know, a lot of us struggle with that. I come from an entertainment background and I know us entertainers where people are such perfectionists and it doesn't matter how good you are. When people compliment you, it's like, nah, I could do better. I could do better. That was, that sucked, you know? And so I totally get it. And I'm just so grateful that you, you share that coming from someone who has accomplished so much, you know, but then still knowing that, in our minds, in the back of our minds, something there is happening that may not be in alignment with what we see in front, right? But recognizing that and then doing the work that it needs to, that you need to do to be able to take that out and put yourself in alignment with what really is happening on the outside, which is so much joy and just, again, just, just amazing. So thank you for being with us. It's just, just really cool. (laughs) A couple of quick questions though, too, because for the listeners, they may find that they have passion. Okay, but passion kind of wanes and fades, you know, in and out at different mm-hmm. times. And then the other word that really sunk into me that you said was coachability, because people can one once say like once you get to that level, okay, or get to a level, you suddenly think that oh, you know, I'm on top of the mountain, I'm the king of the world, queen of the world. And I know it all. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I'm good. You don't know. You can't tell me. Whatever. Um, could you talk on how how you refilled your passion or kept your passion like on fire and moving? Mm-hmm. And then also, what what things did you have to do to remain coachable? Yes. Um, so you know, well, I played a sport that kept you pretty humble. <laughs> so, you know, especially when it comes to offense and hitting, you know what I mean? You could be amazing one day and the next you just are horrible. And so, you know, the outcome, you're always having a different opponent, right? But yeah, for me, the passion I, I feel like is just constantly remembering why you're doing what you're doing. So when I became an Olympian, it became a little bit more of a challenge when I would struggle when I was in college. It was like, well, I'm still a good athlete. I still got my friends around here, you know, but then in a sense, it became my job. So I loved what I was doing. But then if I was, you know, messing up, failing, it just was magnified. And it's like, this is literally what I'm in a sense getting paid to do. Right. And now you're struggling. And so again, you kind of go back to that, but it would be like, no, that's why what's always gotten me even to this point in the first place was to go back to the foundation. Why am I doing it? Okay. What do I need to do? And as long as I didn't allow the problem and the struggle to become bigger than okay, the focus of my foundation, like get back to the drawing board, get back in the batting cage, you know, that is crucial. So I think going back to those fundamental issues that we have, that's that we got to constantly do that. Um, And then just remaining coachable. I, I just feel like it's, and then this is maybe again, where I'm fortunate to have, that's like who I am. Like I want to grow. I want people to, I want to be encouraged. Right. But I also want to be told the truth of like how I can be better because like Kat, you were saying, I mean, I retired at 29 years old with three gold medals, but I still could have been better in my mind. And there's, and in some ways that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing to have. Like, and my coach, my Olympic coach, he, to this day, he'll go speak somewhere and then he'll listen to all the other speakers because he's constantly willing to say, and he has gold medal, all these national championships, one of the best in the entire world, but he still wants to hear. He still wants to learn. And that to me, we should not stop learning until the day we die. And we, and, and, you know, we might have an area where, where we're, we're, you know, one of the best, you know, in softball I was, but I still listen to some way other people teach it. Cause I'm like, Ooh, maybe there's a better way to even share that, you know, or I can implement that to my style that I already know what brought me success. And so, um, to me, that's, I, I feel like I've always, I, I want to always remain coachable. 
Yeah. That's just humility. I just love that. You know, you're, you're uh, humble enough to, to know that even though you have reached the heights, even though you've accomplished a lot, that there's still so much more to learn and there's a different way of looking at things. And you may have missed that, (laughs) you know? So that's really, really awesome. Well, thank you. That's so great. Are we ready for our quick 10 rapid fire questions? Let's get into it. (laughs) Let's do it. All right. So Leah, these are our questions that we ask all our guests. Some of them are random questions and some of them are are related to our podcast theme. So we want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? (laughs) Okay, yes. <laughs> All right. This is one. You could choose one book to live by. What would it be? The Bible. Okay. Good answer. Love it. Your personal hero, living, deceased, someone you know or maybe don't know? I'd say my mom, living, my yeah. mom, and just always looked up to her. That's, That's awesome. amazing. Yep. The one thing you intentionally have to do every single day? I have to pray. And then I would say, get time with my family. Okay. Uh, one hobby that brings you the most joy. There's I, now that I'm like older, I have so many other things. So obviously softball, I'm going to say, cause that was such a huge part of my life. I, I to me, um, anything like active wise, I love like hiking. I love going to the beach. I love, you know, I mean, anything going to the mountains, anything active. That's nice. awesome. Fun. All right. Most rewarding thing you've done for someone in need at the orphanage going and taking them um, just things that to us are simple clothing, you know, hats, you know, some basketball and just seeing their faces light up. That's awesome. First movie quote that comes to mind. Oh gosh. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. You just can't. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Last big purchase you made for yourself. Probably an airline ticket, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, I had, that would be, yeah, multiple. Yep. Uh, food you cannot live without? Mexican food. Mm. Nice. That's him. Yeah. <laughs> he loves Mexican food. Mm-hmm. All right. What is your spirit animal? I've never thought about this one. An eagle. Eagle. <laughs> I love that. Isaiah 4031. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, finish this sentence. If I'm stuck on an island by myself, dot, dot, dot. I'd have to have my phone, my Bible, and <laughs> my bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> so you knew that you were going to go get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'd be like, okay, if I'm, I'm going to make the most of this, right? <laughs> it's an island. <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. great well awesome. leah thank you so much for joining us today um where can our listeners find out more about you and if you were to suggest or recommend to our listeners how they can serve or give into something where would you recommend them to so my website is leah20.com l-e-a-h 20.com i'm on social media on twitter and instagram it's leah20usa l-e-a-h 20usa Um, and I'm on Facebook as well. And if they were going to give, I feel like personally finding what kind of lines up with your heart. Cause one of the things that I found when I was going out and feeding the homeless, like it, it was something that I just absolutely loved and was drawn to. But I found that, you know, I kind of want my friends to all come and join me and maybe they'd come out one time, but it wasn't necessarily their same thing. But then somebody was going and they were helping at the school and somebody else was going and they were, you know, dealing with women who had been abused and, you know, and, and someone else got really passionate about helping, you know, in the um, sex trafficking area. 
So what I would say is kind of what are those passions? And I think it can change over time. You can go through seasons, but kind of just think about what are the things that really hit your heart personally, because we can serve to serve. And I still think good comes out of it. But when you start to serve in line with what your heart is telling you, that's when life change happens. Yeah. It's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. Really like that. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. It's been awesome. Thank you both so much. That was awesome. I really enjoyed hearing from Leah and her story of like tenacity, you know, becoming an Olympic athlete is no small feat at all. And she did it three times in a team environment, got to lead and she brings that into her family's life and her, her, uh, her kids' life. Yeah, and uh, just stuff that she's bringing into her kids' life is the passion to serve. And I love just her whole example of serving the homeless community and how she really takes the time to, you know, kind of show her kids what it's like to have an in-person, like face-to-face service to those who really need our help. So I just love that passion to to instill that into their kids' lives. Mm-hmm. It was really awesome. So like, share, subscribe. We're excited to see you guys in our next episode. So next week, we have Aditi Shekhar. She's the CEO of Zeta. It is a tool that helps couples manage their money together better. So really excited to have her on as she talks about how couples are managing their money these days and how they can optimize it and make it better. And don't forget, we are still running our book giveaway, a $25 gift card. So we are giving away, I believe, six books. Yeah, six books. Six books. We're giving away six books. So six lucky winners get eight book and a $25 gift card certificate to Amazon. So make sure you tune in, check our website, wildlywealthylife.com and find out on details on how to enter. You can also check it out on YouTube or on our Instagram, wildlywealthylife. So we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Wildly Wealthy Life. We hope that this episode has helped you take another step towards living fully, giving freely, and building a legacy that deeply impacts your community. We'd love to hear what you think about today's show. Please leave us a review or like us on iTunes and YouTube, and click the subscribe button so you won't miss a show. You can also visit us at wildlywealthylife.com for today's show notes. See you on our next episode. Thank you, and may you live a wildly wealthy life.